This episode is an invitation to embrace the human mechanisms of experience. Our tendency to raise one particular aspect of ourselves to dominance and demonize the rest, in other words, making the other somehow less than, can reduce the fullness of our experience. One of the traps I see in the modern spiritual and personal growth landscape is that an arrogance of the heart can emerge, where the mind and instincts become denied. Now this can be as debilitating as the more prevalent trend on the planet, that of promoting the mind and mental faculties over the others. So in this episode, I'll share some scenarios to help you get a sense of what some of these traps can look like in experience, plus I'll offer some suggestions on steps you can take to free yourself and move towards wholeness. In openness and presence, you can ride the rise and fall of prominence of each faculty as you meet each moment. So stay with me and let's dive in. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. If you're looking to improve your life, to heal, to grow and mature as an individual, but maybe you found that some of the personal development and consciousness stuff has given you the impression that you need to be super serious and vigilant to get anywhere meaningful or feeling like maybe you're just not up to snuff. Well, this show is here to remind you of your humanity and in fact that that's where your true joy and brilliance lies. With over 25 years of experience in the transformation biz and having developed MPA, one of the world's simplest pressure-free approaches to growth and well-being, if I do say so myself, I'll be sharing tips, steps and insights that'll help you navigate all the aspects of life as a growth-seeking being. On this show, it comes to you with a good dose of humor, maybe a smattering of colorful language, a reminder not to take things so personally, and most importantly, to be kind to yourself along the way. Make sure you hit that follow button, and let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. I'm delighted that you're here. We're at episode number 132 which means you can find the show notes if you go to www.beabrillianthuman.com slash 132. Now today we're talking about the three faculties or senses that are the mechanisms of human experience. Now I'm not talking about the five senses, sight, hearing, touch, smell, taste, all those ones. And I'm not talking about the sixth sense, I see dead people, <laughs> or ESP, although that might perhaps because it's a little bit closer to what I'm talking about. I'm talking more about the interpretive faculties, the decision guys. They're our most powerful navigators through life's chaos and order. Now the faculties that have the capacity to help us find our best path in any situation. I'm talking about the mind, the heart and our instincts. Now the strange thing is we seem to have developed a set of cultural and contextual prejudices or favoritisms for these three equally valid functions. Um, most notably in the era of science, there's a bias in favor of the mind's perspective at the expense of the others. You know, at times literally demonizing them, making them less than, as I said in the intro. But consider this, like demonizing any of these awesome faculties has a cost. So demonizing the mind, which you'll see more prevalent in the personal development and spirituality world, demonizing the mind, you're going to become ignorant. Whereas if you demonize the heart, you tend to become passionless. If you demonize the instinct, 
There's a tendency of people who demonize the instinct to become passive. There's always a cost, but if you embrace them all as kind of your best companions, then you can become amazing in all the ways that matter to you. And that's really what this episode is about. I'm going to go through all three of those and give you a quick insight into how you can recognize the demonization trap and then offer a way back to balance. So without further ado, let's dive in. So first up, we're going to look at the mind. So the trap, of course, is demonizing the mind. So how are you going to recognize this? Well, do you ever hear yourself say, oh, that's just my mind? <laughs> you know, it's dismissive. Um, maybe it comes as dismissive in your mind when you say it to yourself, or it's got some kind of self-reproaching tone. Um, but dismissing the mind is really dismissing part of you. It's dismissing one of the avenues of communication that the universe has to connect with you and to guide you. You know, it's not that the mind doesn't come up with some unhelpful rubbish at times. <laughs> but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. The thing to remember is that there there is a place for logic. And when I hear someone say, oh, that's just my mind, part of me dies inside this hashtag drama moment. But truly, it's like it, it's if it, it, I feel like it cuts off some really valuable resource. And part of the whole thing that we're going to be talking about today is is the discernment between, you know, all of these parts of us have some validity. But what I see happen so often is a generalization of that kind of dismissal. You know, and, you know, if you're demonizing the mind, then you're going to probably, <laughs> if you know somebody, I'm sure this isn't you, but I'm sure you know somebody who has this going on. And repetitive, irrational behavior is kind of a symptom where, you know, you're caught up in the emotion, um, not willing to see that things aren't adding up. I mean, gambling is a really good example of this. You know, we know that the house always wins. We can look at the facts and figures. The odds are stacked against you. But if you demonize the mind in favor of some other part, um, chances are those emotions are going to run wild. And um, and then you're caught in that trap. You Again, you're vulnerable. In, in fact, all of these areas where you, you dismiss or deny some part of you, um, makes you vulnerable in some way. So you end up sort of gambling in the spare of the moment rush and um, and lose a bunch of money. Now, a lot of this, I know, in the name of fun, that's a different thing. I'm talking about the systemic demonizing of the mind, which I do see for the most part this one, um, probably because I'm in that world <laughs> as much as anything else in that personal development and spirituality. The mind is equated with the ego. The ego is made wrong and bad. Um, and, you know, hence you end up with, with sort of some flaky behavior that's not willing to listen to any facts as a balancing um, a balancing act. Now, of course, there's a place for transcending logic and, and logic alone, you know, can be equally limiting. But dismissing it completely, that can be kind of a dangerous and debilitating thing. So what's the move towards wholeness? Well, it's embracing the mind. So how are you going to do that? Well, the first thing is to soften your judgment of the mind. All of this dismissing comes from some kind of judgment. We've picked up an idea somewhere on the way in some form um, in our grown up uh, cultural 
places we've been in um family culture maybe as kids maybe it's part of our some kind of survival strategy where we we feel like it's better all round if we suppress one particular part of us um but it comes down to judgment so in the case of embracing the mind it's soften your judgment of the mind in other words be willing to hear it out you know it might actually have a point <laughs> the mind isn't bad you know it's just like a puppy you know sometimes it pees on the floor but just start being gentle but clear in response it's going to grow up to be some you know a faithful companion like a you know like a good loyal dog <laughs> there to serve you really that's what it's there for you know it loves to fetch information going with my dog analogy here <laughs> fetching information is a very useful thing you know we we would not be in the comfort that we are in today without the the sort of resting into the powerful guidance of the mind you know a lot of what we have today the the computers that we use, the fact that the aeroplanes stay in the sky or the cars run by, it's down to maths, facts, figures, careful measurements, you know, hard facts. This is logical thinking. Um, yes, a lot of the breakthroughs have included inspiration, which comes from different parts, but it's, but it's not divorced of the logical pieces. That's indicative to me of the importance of embracing the mind. So keep in mind, you know, that... You know, I'm saying to you, do you ever <laughs> find yourself saying this? Um, it's not saying you should never. That's very different. So these questions that I'm asking, this goes for all the different three uh, facets that we're looking at. You know, these questions are simply an opportunity to self-reflect and bring more awareness to where you may be selling yourself short. So next up, let's look at the instincts. So the trap obviously is demonizing your instincts. So if you have a problem saying no, if you have a problem making decisions or asserting yourself, there's a very good chance you've learned to suppress or even demonize your instincts. So this can be the scourge of nice spiritual people whose identity has become invested in ideas that promote positivity, love and joy and spell out dire consequences if less than rosy emotions are entertained it's going to be happy right and loving and you know if you see it otherwise then you know something bad's going to happen uh, in which case you're going to need to really need to suppress those instincts <laughs> and not listen to them um we're animals folks we are we're animals and and as part of that i mean animals have really good sense of instincts because um the world i'm sorry to bust a positive bubble but the world like all experience contains light and dark and if you suppress your ability to be aware of the danger in the dark you really don't get to fully experience the the joy that you say you're looking for you know the raw nature thing is 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 about danger detection the instincts of animals about danger detection now we have a, a system inside of us if you look at the mind if you believe in the mind body connection which i do um a good sort of example of where we need to have good instincts that are willing to detect danger is our immune system now i've got no proof about this or no science about this but it would not surprise me if there was a speaking in generalizations here a link between immune system issues and someone who 
has at some level suppressed or inhibited their instincts because the body would be mirroring the unwillingness to, to respond healthily to threats. So in a way, our instincts give us an ability to have teeth in the world, to, to grip onto things, to chew things over, but also to, um, to be, in a, in a sense, aware of um, what threats literally are coming our way and, and handle them. Now, if you are someone who you know, promotes their instincts over anything else, again, you're going to be dismissing logic. You're not going to have much heart. There's going to be a fairly hard world, right? <laughs> Everything's going to look pretty dark because that's what they do. Uh, but instincts also, uh, to be fair to instincts, they can they can also take us in good directions. I talked at the beginning about decision making. Um, you can get a good gut sense, literally, um, of which is the right direction for you. It, it transcends, in a way, the logic. It transcends even the emotions or the, the heart-based emotions we're going to talk about in, in a moment um, and gives you a good guidance. One of the things I'm going to come back to is that, you know, this is all part of the system. But I do see that um, in places where the instincts have been suppressed, there's a lot of issues with people knowing who they really are, people saying no. I mean, a lot of what we do in, in Boundary Bootcamp, if you haven't checked out Boundary Bootcamp, um, you can go to thempacademy.com and have a look at that, or you'll find it on joelyoungmpa.com as well. Just click; I'll, I'll put links directly to it in the in the show notes. But I'm talking off the cuff and can't remember the actual URL. It's probably slash boundary bootcamp is my guess, but don't quote me on that. Uh, might be boundary high from bootcamp. No, I'm really waffling. See, this is what happens when you go off your notes. <laughs> but the reason it came to me is because boundary bootcamp. Um, is where you get to learn how to have amazingly healthy boundaries, um, especially those people that haven't had that, which has been my story. I grew up with zero boundaries, got into spirituality and non-duality and was taught that that was a kind of some kind of noble um, <laughs> aspiration to be boundaryless. Well, yeah, the, the, the experience, the, the passing experience of boundarylessness is very useful, but to live as a boundless person a it's not really possible um b it, it, my experience of that and i've heard this from many many people was become very uh have very poor boundaries and, and therefore be trampled over left right and center um you know so <laughs> uh and, and the thing about you know we that we look at in boundary boot camp on on that topic is is how the instincts relate to survival strategies and if you're not conscious about what those survival strategies are because the survival strategies are independent of the instinctual signals, they're what you build as a response to them. Um, and if you're going to demonize your instincts, you're going to run those survival strategies unconsciously. They're going to be running blind without you really understanding it. One of the things about embracing your instincts is you get to be very clear and begin to discern um, the instincts and the responses to them in a very clear way. So... Um, coming back to so embracing your instincts, getting us onto that. So I would recommend that you question any tendency to be passive. Now, of course, there's times when it's good to be led. However, there's a difference between actively and passively arriving in that role. Does that make sense? It's kind of a different thing. Um, I can choose based on good instincts to take a supportive or following role 
or I can do it just because I haven't got the balls <laughs> to step into that place myself. These are very different things. So, you know, also check with yourself whether any reticence to say no, make a decision or assert yourself is really to do with a fear of conflict. A fear of conflict, again, is often indicative of someone who has learned at some level to suppress or deny their instincts. If I come back to the animal piece where it's like having teeth, uh, you know, it's like having having your teeth removed um, at a very basic energetic level. And, and then, of course, no wonder you're afraid of conflict. It's part of the deal. So the main job of embracing your instincts, you know, is, is really in getting comfortable with unsettling feelings and learning to relate to them in ways that give you access to tremendous life force and clarity. You know, so that's certainly been my experience. It's like one of the one of the mechanisms in the suppression of my instinct was that I learned to suppress the uncomfortable emotions. As I began to learn to get more comfortable with those emotions, the instincts started to be more available to me. Then I would start to learn, well, in response to those instinctual senses, um, I was running certain patterns, not least of which was like either playing dead, which is a classic survival strategy, uh, you know, the classic fight or flight. Mine was more in the flight brigade. <laughs> flight, play dead, camouflage. These are kind of animal instincts that were used on a psychological level. Um, you know, those were my responses to them, but you had to become aware of what the signals were, what the response was. Then you can actually do something about it. Then you can start to go, aha, now I can understand that there's a healthy response that I can um, that I can call upon train myself to do um, which makes a huge difference so now I'm available to hear my instincts and have a healthy response that's a huge part of what we do in week three of Boundary Bootcamp by the way um, and the final thing I think I'll say about moving towards you know embracing your instincts is that so the instincts we tend to think of it in terms of gut instincts they tend to come from the gut now you may not know this but there's let's say there's three brains this is the ones we're looking at really there's the obviously the mental brain uh there's the gut brain which has been proven scientifically to be an entire organ of, you know the bigger than the usual brain we think of uh, but incredibly powerful thinking machine if you like but it thinks in a different way and then of course there's the heart brain if you like as well uh, but coming into instincts as they're born from the gut one thing you can do to really help you begin to connect is just spend some time focusing your awareness there the best place as far as i can figure out it's about two centimeters beneath the navel there's a specific energy point in there i'm not going to get into but there is a specific energy point in there which sort of connects there and just spend some time call it meditation if you like call it contemplation Whatever you're going to call it, it's like it, it's a question of just allowing yourself to be there and connect. So that brings us to the heart. Now, there's kind of two traps with the heart and we'll get into why. I want to focus on the main one that I think most people who listen to this show <laughs> suffer from the most, which is the trap of elevating the heart above the mind and instinct. Now. If you want to fall into both of the traps that I've mentioned already simultaneously, you can't beat this as a strategy. So if you hear yourself say, listen to your heart, but you never hear yourself say, trust your gut and go with your instincts or think about it for a moment, 
And again, when I say never, I'm talking about general tendencies. Be aware that you may have slipped into this seductive little snare of elevating the heart above the mind. So what's the problem? I mean, the heart's super lovely and all soulful, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, it holds a beautiful, beautiful perspective. Um, but it's not necessarily always the most healthy perspective. Now, ask anyone who stayed in a relationship way past its sell-by date because their heart could see the potential and longed for it to be so. I can see it's in him, that wonderful... <laughs> Again, it's like, that's listening to the heart and not listening to those instincts. Every instinct there is screaming, get out, get out, you know. Um, this is an issue of, of really putting the heart above the mind and the instinct. Because, the, you know, the heart is full of promise and longing. Um, that's what it does. And again, this is why I started right at the top of the show saying I see this as one of the issues in, in the spirituality and personal development. I mean, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's taught, but I know from my experience of my own interpretation of the teachings and what I see a lot in the people that I meet in, in this arena, that can be what we take from it. It's like the heart over and above the other two because they don't <laughs> because they don't match the pictures <laughs> let's be blunt but i also want to give a nod to suppressing the heart which is the other side of that coin um this is where science and logic can become cold and soulless um there's not that many people i meet in in my world that do that but we can certainly see it in the wider world this is where horrors come where the heart is completely suppressed uh, you know it's the realm of the psychopath isn't it really uh, total suppression of the heart and feeling and empathy and all those wonderful things that can come from the heart so going back to elevating the heart what's what's the move towards wholeness in that case i mean yeah okay suppressing the heart stop it <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to why where the heart really sits but i'm going to stay with elevating the heart above the mind and instinct the move towards wholeness is about the humble heart so the humble heart i'm talking about here is like if you're elevating your heart above the other faculties then there's an arrogance humility of the heart is actually more in its nature the humble heart is always available to offer its beautiful perspective but it's open to the swift, clean knowing of the instinct and that 3D rationality of the mind. And if you think about it, the heart at its best is a bridge. I mean, it's the relational organs where we get our empathy and our um, all of our relational savvy, our, our longing to connect, it all comes from the heart. And if you think about it, it's really, it's like a bridge between the head mind and the gut mind. So it can bring passion and inspiration where there's that cold, unfeeling logic. Uh, it can bring caring and love and empathy where there's that sort of more psychopathic edge or sociopathic edge. Um, you know, that's the possibility that exists. And if there's a tendency to go more or get lost into the instinctual perspectives, then it can bring hope. It can bring strength and possibility in the face of the threats, um, you know, that can have those instincts running wild. So when you begin to understand that the heart really is what brings the balance to all things, you start to come into an understanding of the, the true peril 
of suppressing any one of these and the true systemic nature of the whole system. And that's really the message I want to leave you with from this episode, that really demonizing any of those three faculties within ourselves creates a vulnerability. It's literally like crippling yourself. So let me give you a couple of analogies. So think of it in terms of each of those, that the heart, the instinct, and the mind is the three legs of a stool. Now you're never going to feel solid in yourself as long as one of those is missing or wobbly, you know, as who you are, you know, you feel stable in that as long as, you know, as long as you're on a wobbly stool, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not, you're not going to be clear in who you are. You're not going to be as, um, as strong as you might do. So three solid legs means you can relax into yourself. You're going to feel held, but it is also you're the thing I want to really get you to take away from this is it, it's an interactive dynamic system where all three parts of these have their place and their perspective and the way i see it is that the heart very much is the is the the, the balancing is the lubrication between the two pistons of the instinct and the mind um and these sort of three pistons if you like are the engine of your life force and they pump power into your purpose and when allowed to work with the you know the rhythm and harmony of life you know they'll carry you gracefully through the adventures of your life experience so more than anything i'm going to encourage you to embrace them all as your best companions because that's what they are so my beautiful listener be open to the instincts the rational mind and the heart and trust the natural rhythm in which each of them takes the lead thanks for listening i'll see you next time Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, I'd love you to do me a solid and tell someone about it. They can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. Plus, if you visit the website, www.babrillianthuman.com, you can share the show notes to social media and make my day. Also, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you haven't yet downloaded the MPA process sheet, head on over to joelyoungmpa.com and get your free copy today. Big love and see you next time.